0: You, you go from being financially well to not being well, and when things happen and you don't see that shift, you don't realize the other tolls that are happening in your life.
1: Debt. We've all heard of it. Most of us have it. Debt is an almost unavoidable reality of life. But what happens when it starts consuming life the experts at Money Management International believe that financial challenges aren't meant to be faced alone. On this podcast, we hear stories of people's whose lives have been changed by MMI's role as their toughest coach and loudest cheerleader. Their stories are unique, personal, and inspiring. So stay tuned because we're sharing each guest's long story short. Today on the show, I'm talking with Jonica Dreer. Jonica lives in Upper Marlboro, Maryland, which is about 45 minutes east of Washington, D.C. While working with the debt relief counselors at MMI, she paid off $70,000 in debt. Jonica was recently awarded the Brighter Financial Future Award from the NFCC, or the National Foundation for Credit Counseling. Here today to share her story of finding guidance, getting on the right track, and celebrating success is... Jonica Dreer, Jonica, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: I'm so excited to talk to you. Really appreciate you being here. Uh, so let's start with you. Uh, tell us just the flyover. Who are you? Where do you live? What do you do? Give us give us the the details.
0: Awesome. So my name is Jonica Dreer, as mentioned, and I consider myself a well-being advocate and uh, architect and consultant so through the incorporation of organizational design human resources and yoga i facilitate the deconstruction of dysfunctional work and personal systems that individuals and organizations have i currently live between two places so you mentioned maryland but i also um, reside part-time in ohio
1: oh fantastic okay And let's dive into what we're here to talk about. Let's talk about your debt story. What was happening in your life when you became a client of MMI? And was there any particular breaking point where you knew you needed additional outside help?
0: This is so hard to talk about. It's still very new to me um, that I paid off $70,000 in four years. So if I could go back just a teeny bit before my MMI story, We had our first house, my partner and I, and we moved out because we knew we needed something bigger. We had just um, had a son. I think he was about six months old when we moved out. We um, sold our house and the closing costs literally wiped us out. I remember uh, Christmas one year having nothing because closing costs and everything and helping the new buyer um, literally, cleared our bank account (laughs) Mm. and we knew then wait it's something that needs to happen we saved staying with um his parents about seventy thousand dollars wow so that went there right Mm. not having you know putting our incomes together putting everything towards savings having the help from our in-laws that was really beneficial everything went out the door the minute we walked into our newer house. (laughs) So it's this cycle of knowing the right things to do and then doing something a little bit different that really throws you off. And it really put a strain on both of us because um, we had gone for almost two years, you know, building back up this nest egg that we really kind of lost. And then we started leaning on our credit cards and, um, Having a young son, I think he was a little bit, and uh, not yet two. So just really working through what that looked like, it was terribly wrong. Um, mm-hmm. And it it really took me into a space of not being happy and really not even knowing. You You go from being financially well to not being well, and when things happen and you don't see that shift, you don't realize the other tolls that are happening in your life. Um, mm. So the breaking point was probably a year into having the house and we were looking at our credit cards thinking, well, gosh, I know we use this money for a reason, right? It was to put, it was, it took us $17,000 to put up blinds in our home. These are the expenses that you incur. And who pays that $17,000? Where do you get that money? And part of it came from savings, but a part of it was like, okay, well, yeah, we'll put it on the credit card. So it wasn't like we were doing anything that didn't pertain to us, you know, building our our dream home, right? But it added up. So I started researching um, a number of different sites and I kept coming across things like debt consolidation and, um, no bankruptcy and we'll do this. And I just was like, well, this doesn't seem right. Well, this costs a lot of money. Well, isn't there someone who should like want to help me? Like I want to get out of this, but I don't want to pay an arm and a leg to do it. And I want to make sure that I'm being educated at the same time. Right. So I remember just picking up the phone after getting very frustrated because you're thinking you see so much on the internet, sponsored posts, what really is good? Because if it's a sponsored post, someone's paying for that. So like, is it in my best interest? So i called navy federal and i was having a conversation and it was also about hey i have a credit card with you how do i pay this off and um she was saying well you know we have a couple of different program websites that you can look at and that referred me to this um conglomerate uh, site but it was all reputable companies Mm -hmm. and then i kind of went down the list checked out a few and i remember calling um mmi and having a conversation in the the uh representative was ready to sign me up right then and i'm like hold up hold up wait you said i gotta let go of my credit cards and you said i gotta do this wait a minute i was just calling to get information like mm-hmm. i'm a, i'll call you back mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. she's you know i could i i see now the reason she was just like if you don't sign up now this may never happen mm-hmm. i don't know if she's gonna call me back And um, I got off the phone. I talked it over with my husband. They sent um, an initial contract. They said, you can review it. Think about it. It it outlined everything again. Um, It was scary. It was like, Mm. wait, I can't use not one credit card. We won't have credit cards. What will we do? (laughs) And um, it was the best decision ever. Mm. And I remember the first year just, gosh, we gotta pay this really huge you know, monthly payment. Um, but then it became, well, wait, we're paying off so much more than we, we're paying off so much more than we would have if we just done minimum payments. So it was actually working in our favor, but it took me a year before I started really looking at the MMI website and I started seeing balances go down. And I started saying, oh my gosh, okay, let me put this in my calendar. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be paid off in three years and then it was I'm going to be paid off in two years and then it was like 70,000 to 45,000 and then 45,000 to 20,000 and when we got to 4,000 I was like oh my gosh we're almost there and then I was going back in my mind thinking wow wow and then I started looking in the mirror and not only was I dropping tons of thousands of dollars in debt, but I also was losing weight at the same time. So wow.
1: being
0: just a beautiful experience of self.
1: Wow. That's, wow, that's such a great story. Um, I mean, I, I love that. And I, and I kind of appreciate you really going through the whole progression of it because it helps us to see kind of that full picture of, you know, you were up. And then you were down and then you had just, you know, random expenses like you're moving into a house. And of course, that costs money. And then that takes you down this path. And, and then you have to work your way out of it, which you have done. Um, so since working with MMI, just to reiterate to our audience, you've paid off $70,000, which is amazing. What are some of the challenges that you faced along the way? And what are some of the lessons that you learned about yourself?
0: absolutely such a good question i realized that there was a lot of attachment to debt Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, there was a lot of societal things too that i didn't realize psychologically that i was being um, open to i would say right in in regards to well-being so a new mom right the cutest things on Instagram and social media. And you go down this path of, wow, okay, I want that. And that doesn't seem too expensive. And it's a buy one, get one free. And he would be so cute in this. (laughs) And those things add up, too. Um, Then you have uh, family members who are buying things. And then this this issue of clutter and does my child have everything and I want them to be better off than I was and those things add up. So definitely attachment um, and the influence of marketing and being on the internet as a new mom late at night, you know, breastfeeding and up at all types of hours and you're tired and you're not fully thinking and you may be a little malnourished and thirsty and you're open to the world. Your well-being often is challenged so that part, moving into the house was, um, you know, you want to have the best space. You want it to be comfortable. We want to do so much um, from the beginning and not really think about there's opportunity to grow in this space. There's opportunity to evolve in this space. We don't even give the space an opportunity <laughs> to get to know us or figure out what goes. So we bring in so many different things. Um, so definitely the pre-planning that I felt I had to do. Mm. Um, Yes, I would say attachment, um, uh, trauma, probably some trauma in there, right? Trying to mm-hmm. keep up with the Joneses. And I'm still trying to figure out who are the Joneses? Like, who <laughs> are they? <laughs> but <laughs> we have that, right? Where we're like, let's let's have it this way and let's have it that way. And it adds up. Every mm-hmm. little thing adds up. It can either add up to your savings account or it can add up to your debt.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I love how You describe that as just all of these tiny moments along the way, you know, where you see the thing on Instagram and you see it in Etsy and, you know, in all of these things like, oh, yeah, it's only forty dollars, but it's forty dollars. You know, I mean, it it does. It does add up over time and it can be it can be a dangerous trap that we sort of fall into. Right. Mm
0: -hmm. And the pay. Um, pay later options. I mean, they have even gotten so much more clever these days and not to call any particular company out because there are people who definitely would benefit from those options. But I think going back to questions of why, you know, Mm -hmm. why am I looking at this? What exactly do I need it for? How long is it going to benefit me? And I have changed to assess what is contributing to my moment. What is contributing to my integration with people Mm -hmm. and what is uh, what's contributing to my overall joy, not contentment, not happiness. Right. But my overall inner peace, inner joy about this thing that I am getting. Um, And is it worth it? Sometimes I put things in my shopping cart and. I sit there for a couple of days, but this instant gratification season, right? Where we have to have it. No, did you? Like I, I, I use the AI feature where it's saying, you know, see how it'll look in your room. I do that a couple of days to see, you know, did I like it on that wall? Is that really the color that I want? Is that what I really want? And then by the time I've, you know, psychologically psyched myself out of getting the item, but I got a chance to play with it in the way that I needed to, right? To fulfill whatever that need was at the time. But in all honesty, you'll realize that mm, I really don't need that. I,
1: I love, I mean, I I love what you said. Like you, you made a distinction in there about the difference between a, an item bringing momentary joy and something that brings long-term joy. And I think like that's such an essential distinction because I, I think we I think we, we, we think that an item is going to bring long-term joy, but they almost, they don't like they never, they never do. Right. I mean, like even like the super expensive phones that we all have, like you're, you're very excited the day you get it, but you know, six months later, it's just some old thing. And then a year after that, it's like, oh, it's old and and junky, you know? Uh, And so it, it doesn't, these things don't contribute to our long-term joy. Uh, and, And I love like the, the other thing you mentioned about like put something in the cart and then let it sit for a week. Like that's such a great practical piece of advice because it overcomes that inertia. It overcomes that marketing. It overcomes that like that instant desire to do something and you can think more clearly about it and then you can make a decision, which is just so smart. So, so smart. So so as I mentioned in the intro, you won an award from the NFCC. Tell me more about, what that award meant to you and what that experience was like and and what did the celebration mean to you?
0: So I remember internally um, paying this money off and seeing the bank accounts and I would share screenshots with my husband, but I didn't tell a soul that I was in a debt relief program at all. I don't think anyone knew. Um, I think a part of me was ashamed that I had accumulated so much debt. Mm. Um, And while I was also happy that I got through it, there was still something that was saying, don't share. Mm. So when I got the award, honestly, it was my first time really, really seeing the video that was shot for me um and being in the space of all of the individuals that were there um, for nfcc at their you know annual conference i literally said to myself that's you i was like who's that i like her girl you better get it you better do it that's me you know and it was so Inspirational to be in that space, to be able to receive the award, but to really have the universe say, I need you to look at yourself. You did it, not once, but twice. Mm. And here, you're able to be a peer advocate and share this information with other people because you've been keeping your mouth closed for too long, but you have some stuff here to say. Mm. So when I think back to my role and my future and my path my trajectory of being this well-being advocate and architect this is it this is accomplishment this is discipline this is you showing up for you this is you building a legacy for you and this is you also saying to other individuals who look like you who may be black or brown who may be moms who may be wives who may be um just a number of different identity characteristics like You can always show up for yourself. Mm. And when you put one foot in front of the other, things will happen. My favorite quote, and I shared this during my speech, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the biggest thing. This experience has been my teacher, but then now I feel like my voice will now be the teacher. So it's helped me rise to be on the shoulders of giants and to keep passing the baton to other individuals to say when y'all are ready to really change from materialism to start thinking about more cost um, savings and not cost savings as in cheap but let's think about sustainable wages for individuals let's think about sustainable products let's think about waste management when we buy all of this stuff 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 is what I brought. I didn't really buy too many experiences. I didn't really do that for my son. Now, when I do something, it is an experience. It is contributing to integrating with people. It is contributing to my whole well-being from every facet of that. Mm -hmm. If it's not contributing to my well-being, I don't need stuff. Mm -hmm. I can't take that with me. Mm -hmm. I want to take something that's going to nourish my soul. So what sitting in that room really made me reflect on the shoulders that I stand on, the earth that I'm contributing to. I paid homage to the indigenous people um, of that Northern Virginia area for whom the conference was held because this is land. When we buy stuff and we fill, you know, different um, trash land places, we're filling that with stuff, toys and trinkets and plastic and this, that, and the third. And we really have to reconsider how we engage with with nature and how we also engage with materialism Mm -hmm. and buying stuff
1: i love i mean i love that you brought that up i'd never really thought about the environmental impact necessarily of stuff now you know i mean obviously we think about like plastic cups and all these other things but you don't think about and and sometimes we think about e-waste even but we don't think about the other stuff right and we we really should that's that's a really profound point um thank you for for sharing that so you mentioned that while you were going through the program, you really didn't talk about it. I think you I think you used the word embarrassed, if I remember. Um, there's definitely a stigma around dead and people are reluctant to talk about it. Well talk talk to me about why you think that is and how you think we can help overcome that stigma.
0: I think there's um first of all, this is a, a great topic in and of itself. And um, I don't paint myself to be an expert, but I think that financial literacy for all (laughs) intents and purposes is not um, taught to us, right? Valuing, um, setting goals, seeing things. And I think the prevalence of being able to buy things is so easy. Mm -hmm. So if we can start to have more conversations about budgeting, if we can have more internal conversations about why, why do I want to purchase this? What is this bringing me? What are my own values from an organizational perspective, from a personal perspective? I think we could get to some amends. And then the stigma again, goes back to shame. Um, I don't want to share that I am not keeping up with the Joneses. I don't want you to know that it cost me an arm and a leg to do this. And I'm working paycheck to paycheck. To make this happen, I think when you look at Instagram and, you know, other social medias, and I don't mean to pick on Instagram, but it's these sweet 16 parties and it's this wedding over here and, you know, this situation and we're all just trying to keep up with that. But for what? That's who and who's to even say that's making someone happy, right? Mm, So when you look at joy, it's about you have so much joy in your own wheelhouse, in your Mm -hmm. own company, in your own home that you can find if you just clean out some stuff, you can see the gym. So one of the things I do with my son, and he hates this. I was telling my friend this the other day, whenever he wants to buy something like a toy, he has to buy it out of his own money. I do Mm -hmm. not purchase toys. I just do not. So we talk about waste and sustainability. I have purchased toys before, but now he's at a point where he has money. He has gift cards. He has cash. Like you, you're good. Yeah. If yeah. you want to purchase it, I also want to teach you math. Mm-hmm. I want to teach you tax. So when mm-hmm. we go into Target and he picks up a toy, I allow him to go over there and window shop. So he goes by himself. He's eight. He goes by himself. He loves the window shop. So he'll pick up. I come over there. He has two or three toys. Okay, baby, which one you going to buy? Well, I want this. Okay, so how much is it? And he'll tell me, okay, so how much money do you have? And he knows how much money he has. Mm-hmm. All right, so you got $60. Are you going to buy all three? Are you buying two? Are you buying one? Okay, now we're going to pull out my phone. Let's calculate how much this is going to be. So this is what you want to pay for this. And you're going to go from $60 to say $12. You okay with that? Is this, you're going to use it? Is, is it like, is there a reason? So I'm sitting there asking him questions and he looks at me, And he gets so frustrated, but it's so funny at the same time because you need those questions. I want you to think about whatever you do, whether it's to buy something or to not buy it, to Mm. watch something or to not watch it. Why are you doing it? And I think we don't have some of those boundaries Mm. that help us understand why we engage in some of the behaviors that we do. So that's kind Mm. of my long and my short of how I try to mitigate. Cause I think those questions are helpful and he's smart. So asking yeah. him this question lets him walk away. Sometimes yeah. he's been like, I wanna buy it. And then the funny thing, he'll bring it home. He won't open it. He'll leave it there for a day. And then if it's there and it's open, I'm like, oh, he wants it. And then he'll be like, Mama ain't really want it. I'm like, you didn't really want to pay for it. You want to to pay for it. But it's different when you buy with your money and not a credit card. You can't pay that back later. This is money out of your pocket right now. Mm -hmm. Was it worth it?
1: That's right. That's right. Wow. I love that. I love that mentality. Love that that lesson, that continual lesson with your son. So uh, last question. What does freedom from debt look like for you?
0: from the debt cloud to work where i want to work work how i want to work invest in the things that bring me true joy so traveling um budgeting i do budget a lot better these days um i utilize a lot of different points and um, through my different loyalty cards that I have. And you don't always need a credit card for them. But if you you know, travel enough with Hilton, you can get your Hilton points. So um, using those to, to go on trips, my partner and I went last year to the Maldives and we saved $8,000 in accommodation costs because we used points that we had accumulated over three years. Wow! So that was huge because the Maldives can get pretty expensive. Mm -hmm. So we only paid for airfare, which actually he had a buy one, get one with um, Delta. So I think our total, and we did a layover to Dubai. I think that total trip cost us $4,000 for about 11 days in Dubai and the Maldives.
1: Oh, my God. That's amazing. Wow. So it
0: it is about when you when you get down to budgeting and when you put your priorities in line, Hmm. you can make amazing things happen.
1: Wow. I love that. That sounds uh, your version of freedom from debt sounds pretty amazing to me. Yes. Congratulations (laughs) uh, on just all that you're doing and and really Thank you for sharing your life with us. Thank you for sharing your, your wisdom with us. And I, I just, I love your perspective on so many of these things. And thank you for joining us on the show today.
0: Thank you so much, Adam, for having me. And it's an honor and a privilege to be an MMI peer advocate. And I encourage everyone to just ask one question every time you want to do anything, not just buying something. Cause it's not always monetary, right? Our time is money, right? So if it's to watch TV, what am I watching and why? If it's to buy something, what am I buying and why? If it's to go somewhere, where am I going and why? How And that why is really how is it contributing to my overall joy? So it's been a pleasure to share this with you and I hope that it helps someone.
1: I, I think it's helped me and I think it will absolutely help other people. Again, just thank you so much.
0: Awesome. Have a great day.
1: This guest is a real MMI client whose success is the result of hard work and dedication. While MMI cannot guarantee results, taking early action can increase available options and improve long-term outcomes. Thanks for listening to this episode of Long Story Short, brought to you by Money Management International. To learn more about how MMI helps people from all walks of life get unstuck and out of the vicious cycle of debt through personalized solutions that inspire hope, visit moneymanagement.org. This episode was produced by edgewise.media. Script writing and production by Clara Jennings, editing by Brandon Ellis, and show hosting by me, Adam Walker.